This episode of the ABZ Football Podcast is sponsored by Siberia Bar and Hotel on Bellman Street, Aberdeen. Located only 30 seconds walk away from the nearest bus stop, taking supporters to Pataudry for free on match days. Siberia Bar and Hotel is open seven days a week, all year round, and get fired in with our exclusive discounts. Head to the bar and quote the phrase ABZ Pod, that's ABZ Pod, for a £3 pound of Foster's, a £4 for a pint of Moretti or Dark Fruits, or £5 for a pint of Fierce or a Daiquiri any day of the week, including match days. Come on, you Reds. Red slight of foot there. Football podcast live from Siberia Bar Hotel. We've got quite a nice slow crowd in here tonight. Yeah, tonight, this afternoon, even should I say, following on from Aberdeen's frustrating 3 1 defeat at home to Celtic Potodra. They're on Gav Graham. How's it going? Good, thanks. This is slightly intimidating, so hopefully I'll be all right. Yeah, this is not the day. The nerves are bad enough that this is not the day to power walk from Potodra at Siberia. Not in polyester, it certainly isn't. Anyway, normally we'd listen and we'd normally go and have a wee chat about the game that's happened so far, but. They say never keep your adoring public waiting, don't they? So let's uh, let's get straight to it. If anyone wants to come and join us on the fourth mic, come and get a seat. Come and have a chat. Let's see what you thought about this afternoon's game at Tawdry. Anyone going anyone gonna to step up first? I'm looking at Nathan. I'm looking at you. Nathan looks like he's got some strong opinions. He does. Nathan's got some strong opinions. Come on, Nathan. Come on, let's get going. Round of applause for Nathan. Good first one, boys. So a few listeners on board as well. Just great to see Nathan. Your thoughts on this afternoon's defeat at Tawdry? Uh... I mean, oh, sorry. Any defeat is obviously pretty shit, but given the recent performances against Celtic uh, like the last few seasons, I thought it was a hell of a lot better. Uh, although Nicky Devlin is starting to give me the fear a little bit. Yeah? Yeah. I'm going to be honest, it's been a long time since I've shouted fuck's sake dead on it, but it felt very familiar as well. Feel good to get that back out of it. Ah, you know. The more things change, the more they stay the same and all that. Yeah. <laughs> Given the way that we lined up today, start of the line, when we look at the starting line, I think everybody probably felt the same at that back five in particular. It's probably the most frustrating thing of everything that the player who you think is probably the most experienced in the park is the one who sells the jerseys for that second goal. Yeah, Devlin. Yeah. He's, I don't know if he's the most experienced, but yeah, I suppose. But I think, I don't know, before the game, looking at it, like I hated how we were kind of playing full backs and centre backs, we were playing by as, as wing backs. I thought Steve Morris and Ryan Duncan actually did pretty well. Ryan Duncan, I have absolutely no idea that he could play them back. I don't think anybody did. <laughs> I thought that was like an absolutely incredible decision, but he did really well. I think was it him that played the pass for the, yes. for the top for June? Was it him? Yeah. Somebody had a book me on Twitter for not describing the goal blow by blow at the time, so I'm too busy celebrating here, mate. So like, I, I just spoke the gist of it. But it was Duncan's ball through. It was a lovely little ball through. Yeah. And yeah, I thought he acquitted himself quite well, to be fair. Okay, Jeff? I thought he did really well, Billy Nathan, when I saw the lineup. I'm not sure what Duncan's position is, and I was pretty certain it wasn't left wing back, but I thought he did a really good job. Maybe going forward, didn't get as much out of him as I might have wanted, but I think first and foremost, just do your defensive job, and that little ball in the Duke was delicious. Um, a little bit like everything time I see watch every time I see Ryan Duncan, it's a bit like there's a lot of good stuff in there, but also when he goes forward, he does have this tendency to just take too many touches and not like you know make that killer pass or get the shot away. As far as the defensive aspects, you know, 
listen, I think when you play Celtic, you need your best players on the pitch no matter what. And so when I saw that back five, and you know, Rubicic is probably the only one playing in his conventional position, it gave me the fear, like you wouldn't believe. But all things considered, I guess Abada, who's you know a good a good winger as well, I thought Duncan acquit himself very well. Yeah, Jalen Ethan, I'll take it. Uh, no, <laughs> not particularly. Um, my mate was saying that in the stands, like obviously Duke was on Ralston. Yeah, but he was saying that actually looked a little bit more fragile on the on other fact. Just wondering if you guys think this year switched him. Graham said to me midway through the first half, you would like to have seen him switch centre halves that they were playing off of because I think that. Miofsky was getting in behind on, oh, I forget the boy's name now, it's in Rocky, the new boy. Um, he was getting in on him, but not, didn't have quite the pace to get through yeah, him. Yeah. And then you saw for the goal, Duke finally was able to work pace part of it, and I did feel something things were wrong. I think it would have mixed things up a bit, just like uh, basically did the same. I think Miofsky was quick enough to get his body in the way, and then it felt like things slowed down a little bit. Whereas like that one time, follow the top, and no catch of Duke, and guess what you don't realise sometimes how strong. Duke is as well, you know, guys kind of bounce off him. So I would have liked to have seen a change, but having said that, it was kind of working with Miles. There were a few chances where he did get in or he did find the pass. Uh, nothing came of it, but I can see why we maybe stuck with it. So Miofsky was always having the top back by the time he reached the ball. Yeah. And that's good. So I, and I think, yeah, that's the difference. He's not quite quick enough to get it, push it past and give the guy a decision. The guy probably knows you know, he's going to beat me too, but I'll just jockey and hold him yeah. up. So yeah, it kind of almost worked, but but not quite. But maybe that's just where we're going to be, where we don't have two dukes with explosive pace. We're always going to have to have, uh, I guess, one or the other. Not going to have two guys up front with that kind of pace. Yeah, absolutely. Nathan, cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Man. Appreciate that. Anyone else next up want to come and have a wee chat about everything that happened there this afternoon? Here we go. Listen, mate. How's it going? Hi, Callum. Nice to meet you. Callum. Welcome to the hot seat. So, Cal, your thoughts on the defeat this afternoon at Patodrick? Uh, just was funnily enough chatting about it there. Not as bad as initially thought going into it. I kind of thought it was going to be really bad. Slow start to the season is going to be. Um, it's going to take a few games to get into it, looks like. A lot of games coming up. So, uh, take the positives where we can. Some players look good, some didn't. Um, a lot of changes to come, I think. Don't think that's the 11 that we're going to see in a few weeks. So, take it from there. Overall, just in terms of approach today from Aberdeen, because, you know, we've seen last season, particularly under Jim Goodwin, that, that one little defeat was horrendous. I think that'll probably seal the end for Goodwin in a lot of people's eyes. Do you think that Robson kind of just about got the mix right today about, you know, when to, when to sit in, but also when to attack? So, for me, I thought we looked quite... I thought we had carried a threat, if nothing else, at the other end of the park today. Yeah, certainly did. Uh, there's no doubt about that. It was a different performance than we've seen against Celtic in recent times. Um, certainly tried something different. And I'm all for that, especially when inevitably it's going to be the same outcome. Um, so let's try something new. Um, let's hope you can get the right further down the season. You said some players looked good in your eyes and some players didn't look quite so good. So yeah. who were your standout performers today? Standout. Um, got to go for Mioski um, Duke. Thought they worked really hard up against uh, tough sell of defence, which is always going to be the case. Got to work really hard. Shinny's always consistent and solid in the middle. Um, not so good uh, again I don't think it's going to be our starting 11 in a few weeks I think Morris I just don't see it I, I just don't get it I just uh, I've watched him a few times now I just don't get the thing that Robson is it a training ground thing perhaps I don't know. what was in the room what was the general feeling about Shaden Morris's performance because we thought he did okay actually well, I thought he was better but I'll admit the bar wasn't set very high expectation wise <laughs> so I thought he did a reasonable job considering 
the game he had to come into. But I, can, I know what you mean. There's, there's times where he does like 80% of it. And then he's just, fast. He's there's fast. No, there's no doubt about Absolutely. that. His speed on the ball. I just don't see that. I thought first half, I thought an attacking areas did okay. I thought, but you could see defensively, he just doesn't have the mindset to play in that wing battle. So many times in the first half, in particular, where there's long cross field passes coming up the top. And between him and Devlin, it didn't look like they were sure who they were meant to mark. And there was a few times it looked like Morris let his boy go. But I thought going forward, I turned to you, I think, during the first half. And like I said to you, on that first half showing with Morris, I'd like to see him playing more in what is his traditional role, a bit further up the park, see what we can get out of him. Um, yeah, it was an interesting one. So like I said, I don't think we're going to play with that back five, certainly, but hopefully we're not playing with that back five and come at the, the, the start of September once the transfer window closes. So yeah, it was, a, it was certainly an interesting um, experiment. It's probably the best way. I feel like he got by, which is probably about, not, it's not actually maybe a criticism, but you did a decent yeah. job of it, but it's definitely, yeah. I feel like if that's the best we can do, it might be a bit of a long season in that position. Anything else, mate? Yeah, fine. Good. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> 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 I'm really looking at like, we'll yeah. like, keep that going. That's what I mean. No problem. No, it's perfect. Thank you very much. Anyone else outside the room wants to step up in the chat? No, I see lots of shaky heads over there. Let's have a look, quick look at the, the, the stats then from today because it's an interesting look again. I mean, in terms of possession, Celtic obviously dominating things 67% to 33%. But on expected goals for us, 1.59, which is the most I think we've managed against Celtic in the last three seasons combined, I'm pretty certain. So that's, if nothing else, is an improvement. I thought first half, we certainly carried that threat, Graham, Gav. A little bit unfortunate with a couple of opportunities that didn't quite break our way. We finally get the equaliser and just, you know, what's Nicky Devlin thinking? I'm looking over at Nathan because he's played fives with me and I do take a panic <laughs> when the ball comes my way. This is a little bit rich, but what was he doing? I mean, acres of space all the time, experienced pro. And of all the teams to do it against, when you get back into it and felt like we were starting to build up some momentum, we've got a full house crowd behind you, you just chuck it like that. It's just so stupid. And just, I'm, I'm just going to ramble from now on. That's just what happens on a Sunday night anyway. It's fine. It's the same old, like I say, it's the more things change, the more they stay the same. Because when it comes to Celtic, they must not score easier goals against any other opposition than us. I mean, even the first goal, how was Dyson Maeda, who must be one of the shortest players in the Celtic team, getting a free header in the six-yard box? And then, like I said, we come back into it, we carry that threat. It's a great goal from Boyanmiowski, some great work by Duke. And then, you know, we're, we're, I felt like we were on top of them at that point. So, of course, then, Nicky Devlin just has, you know, no his concentration goes, he doesn't have the awareness. And, of course, yeah, like you said, in the stadium, of course, it's Kyogo that he heads to the last year's top goal scorer. Um, you know, you have to you have to be at your absolute best to play Celtic, even with your best eleven. So when it's you know a makeshift team, I think that's fair enough to say what that today's team is. Hopefully, to do that, yeah, it's just it's not a good way to set off your Aberdeen career. No, because I mean we score, we get the equaliser, and I turn to you, and I was just like, right, we just need to keep it tight for five ten minutes, settle down. And at that point, you're thinking maybe you get to half time one one, and you can kind of go back again. But then just the manner of the goal. It's just so gut-wrenching because it's the type of thing we've seen so many times and you can just feel the atmosphere just evaporate out of the stadium. And I think it, it took until kind of almost early stages the second half that to kind of come back in again. Looking at the guys who played defence uh, this afternoon, uh, Rubzic, it's the first time I've had proper eyes on Rubzic. Thought he struggled opening 45 minutes, big time. But I then thought he started to come on to a bit of a game second half. Yeah, I think uh, you don't really want him isolated. So we find a way because there's a couple of times where he's just chasing shadows, as we like. It's quickest. 
But I think he'll come on to a game. He's certainly got the physique and that sort of no-nonsense approach that I think we've been trying out for. We'll have us for quite some time. So I reckon there's a... I, th- I think it will be fine. I think we'll just have a bit of time to get used to, not necessarily the league per se, but just a different culture, style, uh, his teammates even, figure out who goes, who makes the challenges, who maybe hangs back. So I, I think it'll be fine. Uh, Kyogo, Maeda and Abar is probably not the strike force that's going to get the most out of Rubicic. I think he's very much here for the physical, more traditional battle within Scotland. Um, yeah, he looked a bit shaky, um, a little bit on the slow side and doesn't look the most technically blessed with the ball. Like you say that, not Meg Carter Vickers in the first half. Yeah, and then, he, then nice. he lost all of his Serbian hardband street cred. He did, yes. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm assuming that Bayer Robson is not going to be switching up to the Jim Goodwin, Tony Stewart, silky tic-a-tac football <laughs> from the back uh, with Slobodan back there. Um, I think we'll get more out of him when he's playing, you know, the likes of, I don't know, Shankland or, you know, the more conventional Scottish strikers. Uh, today, I thought he struggled pretty big time. Anyone else in the room want to have a wee chat tonight before we move on? Well, Mackenzie was excellent today. I've heard there, Mackenzie was excellent today. Here, Gavin was just, excellent. Gavin's just like shriveling up into himself here. <laughs> he, did, he, did, he did well today. Well, he, he did well by all accounts, yeah. Battled, he, uh, so he battled, he won tackles, he concentrated, he didn't give him much away. I thought he was superb. He was decent in Livingston last week as well. Actually, for me, Jack McKenzie was my man of the match this afternoon. I, totally I thought McKenzie had a really good game this afternoon. Gav? <laughs> what, Jack? Yeah. Yeah, he did, he did okay. Just okay. He did, ve- he did very... Uh, ooh, ooh, yeah, he did, yeah. <laughs> I think everybody did okay. Today. Yeah, I think that's very good. They put a lot into the first half. I mean, they were, they were up and down, up and down. Even Duke, when he got back, he did the hard work. He followed the guy all the way back. He got a ball, but then he fell over it. <laughs> I mean, everybody was doing the running. And yeah. told, like, half an hour. Uh, like, I don't minutes. think there's any doubt that every player put in a major shift. Sure. The thing that concerns me is that, I mean, I know that we're still in this process of trying to recruit new players, but the thing is just how we're, we're talking about a couple of injuries, a few players yeah. being unavailable, and that's the team. And then that's and the then team has won the last many leagues and well, competed. This is very... In the game, especially the first half, against the second half. I mean, to put in a performance like that, as you say, in the first time team, I thought it was excellent. This is Especially true. Especially after the performance at Livingston last week, which was a bit wild. Flat, let's put it that way. Yeah, we're going to have to get so, off. There's a, much more, yeah, there's a lot more to take out of that for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. I feel a lot more enthusiastic about our season well, after today, which seems really bizarre. I mean, yeah. beat 3 1, then I felt one uh, yeah. after last week. Yeah. I, I feel a lot more enthusiastic. just the mindset of maybe we weren't all out, but we definitely weren't there to just retain and sit back and no. hope that we might get something out of it. We, had, we caused them problems. I think, that, I think that talks to what we spoke about, I think, on the show last week, which is Livingston don't come to play. Livingston don't no, come to play football against spoiler, you. Spoiler. Yeah. Whereas today, you know, Silk are you know, probably arguably the toughest test you'll face in the league all season, right? What you do get is you get space at times with Celtic because they're trying to play as well. So, what, so pockets of space open up and that allows players opportunities to play themselves but that's one of the things I thought that today was a little bit lacking from us to the midfield three I thought in patches I thought we didn't get Clarkson on the ball anywhere near enough as we should have done until probably the last 20-25 minutes of the game I thought the game bypassed Graham Shinney a little bit today I don't know what anyone else thinks about that and I thought Danny Kovara did fine I thought first half I thought again I thought he was really good yeah. he was at Livingston as well and he faded out of things about the second half but 
Hopefully, if he gets games under his belt and up the pace, he will maybe get more out of them. I think I agree. As the point I was trying to get to is that the thing is, I think it was such endeavour from the team that you expected Robson to make changes just to freshen things up. And the thing that I take that's concerning is how seemingly little faith Robson has in the fringe players that we have. And it just shows you how threadbare the squad is. So it feels like we still need to do a lot of work in the next, what, two two weeks? Two and a bit weeks? Two and a bit weeks, yeah. Which is an interesting point. Um, what do you think we need? In terms of the squad build up now coming in towards the closing weeks, closing weeks of this. Saying, if, I mean, if, we've, if we've got young kids that we want to keep, then they have to be on the fringes and playing, coming on and playing in the first team. Well, we're just going to lose them all. If we're just seeing this, getting a balance between bringing the youngsters through and, and buying. I mean, everybody says that a lot of people say the last season was bad, but we finished third and we got the semi final. I mean, is that really? I mean, there was a spell in the, in the middle. That, that little that but, week that week in yes, January, yeah. But, but it's a light way of seeing that the spell middle. At the end of the season was we were third and we got the same final. Now, if you're a realist, I think it would have been at the end of the season we mission accomplished, wasn't yes, it? Yes, exactly. That's how we, yeah, yeah, totally. But how, how we got there is maybe not how we would have wanted yeah. to get there. But you're right, we did we did do it, and that kind of makes you think because that we're still the, the nucleus of that squad is still there. It's just how we're confident in that. And I take your point, it's a little bit worried where Felt like Morrison, particularly putting in shift, should have been changed out. Didn't get the impression that Robson really fancy him off the bench, even for that 10 15 minutes. Well, I think the issue is that a lot of people are probably saying, Yeah, I absolutely take the point that we did finish third last year and we got the semi. I think people are concerned maybe now at the start of the season, are we a better team than we were at the end of last season when we had Liam Scales and Matt Polk and Ramadan? I think that's a really difficult question right now, two weeks in. Yeah, because. So are you looking at the football like you're watching every week, or are you looking at the final well, result? Today you was know, better than last week, put it that way, which is a sense of right direction. Both, oh, absolutely. At the end of the day, do you want to go and watch a part of football and maybe finish fourth, fifth, or do you want to finish third, going through the ups and downs that you had? I think that's where, we, know, that's where we differ. I'm very much uh, results. So yeah, you're a 4 4. Sam Allardyce at Bolton was perfect. Yeah, exactly. Shell it long, getting wipes, everyone's happy. Whereas Gary and Gavin are a bit more yeah, Guardiola style. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I am with Tony Stern. Yeah, absolutely. No, I appreciate that. Right. Great. Thanks, mate. Thanks for the Thanks very much, guys. The, um, what would be interesting, anyone want to come and venture on to us just now, what you think the squad needs coming in towards the last couple of weeks for the transfer window? Anyone want to have a wee gander of what you think the squad needs at the moment? Or I'm just going to put the boys here just now. What do we need in the squad? I've seen people on Twitter today, again, when they, when they start lining up the thread about how we haven't signed enough defenders. And I think there's an element of that which is where we're, you know, it's by circumstance because we have signed defenders, but we've got two of them up. One of them injured. One of them, there's a lot of dubiety around what's actually happening with him, depending on what you hear um, going around in the last few weeks about Reese Williams. Do we need to sign more defenders or do we need to rely on the fact we have defenders in the building at the moment and we just need to get them fit and get them into the team? And that's not where we need to focus our, our, our spending on. It's maybe further up the park a little bit. It's a big one, isn't it? If you know that McDonald's coming back imminently and there's nothing that we should be worried about, then I don't think you need to replace him. The Williams one's maybe a little bit more concerned because he's sort of disappeared. I've not seen or heard certainly anything official as to why he's gone back if he's gone back, but if and when you'll be returning. So if he's not, or he's not got the right attitude, then you do need to replace him. And I feel like you want us to scale as well. Paul, the two that everyone will be after. 
You need someone good enough to just play in the weekend, not someone just going to sit on the bench. I have absolutely no doubt about it that Robson still wants Liam Scales. I so, in so Robson's mind, I think the answer is yes. So, yeah, I think we still need that left side of centre back. Um, I'm not sure I'm com- comfortable with Jack McKenzie being that player over the long term. But even, like, I know we've got a couple of guys injured, but we've got more games this season than we will have with European football in one of the competitions and hopefully we can go into a decent cup run. So I think you've got a tougher season, which probably means you need a little bit more cover than you've had uh, in prior years. In the room just now, um, would you take Liam Scales back to Aberdeen? Absolutely. It's a lot of nodding heads. a lot heads. of nodding heads in there. But I'm going to ask the question then is, does it have to be on a permanent deal or would you take him back on loan? Either way. Either way. Either way. Either. 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 The Barry Robson match, uh, you'll rather have him for 34 games than, than no games. What about Jack Mill? Oh, Jack Mill, Jack Mill. What about, what about Jack Mill? It's a good question. I mean, Jack Mill's not a, he's not going to play left side of the back three, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, you bring in another centre half saying, you know, limit these opportunities. So, I mean, we're only about bringing youth. You've got a training complex to bring you three. And then we're signing in new players and the youth's not getting a chance. I suspect with Jack, we might see Jack go back out alone to the championship team this and after, before the summer, before the window closes. I suspect once we get enough bodies in the door, with the insistence he goes and plays centre-half, week in, week out. We've seen it with um, Kieran Nguyen has obviously gone on loan again this week out to Park the Dishon, so there's also an insistence they're going to try and step him up in terms of the levels he's playing at week on week. I can't see Jack Milne featuring too much. The only thing Jack Milne potentially brings to the squad right now is he's a homegrown player yeah out of our own academy. So on the UEFA list, in terms of the UEFA um, matches coming up, that's useful to have. And then you go back to the point that we didn't even have a number 20 team just now and let alone a reserve team and a half out the side. But a big gap, yeah. you know, when you can lose these players, opportunities to like go to England, like Terry Taylor and uh, Guy for Dice and things like that were down yeah. there. You know, because McInnes was never seemed to be a fan of playing young guys either. No, it's always that it's really difficult because if you don't give them an opportunity, yeah, you're right, they'll go and how will we know if they're ever good? But if you don't give them opportunities and guys in their peer group of the year below are looking at the same ball, they're not going to yeah, play. What, 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 I think I'm as good as him, yeah, yeah, why would I yeah. hang around? So it is really, really tough. You can just generally again in the room just now strike out a gauge of how we felt the, the game, the performance today was. Because the general consensus I've, I've got off of social media, which is never the best barometer for anything, is that most people were probably in the same view that that was a much improved performance, certainly from last week against Livingston, certainly in recent matches against Celtic. Are more people optimistic after this afternoon's performance than you were, you know, this time last week after the Libby game? Nodding heads, generally yeah. speaking. Yeah. And in terms of, again, this, and I'm going to ask this in the room again, um, the system, right? Robson seems absolutely flat out insistent on playing with a back three or wing backs. Doesn't seem to matter to him whether or not the personnel he's got available to him fits that system or not. Who's a fan of the three at the back? Just a show of hands, if nothing else. Does anyone like three at the back? It's one. Got the right personnel. Got the right personnel, yeah. Which is the problem, isn't it? That's the only way he seems to be able to shoehorn them in unless he decides to go a bit ballsy and play 4 1 3 2. That's the only way he can do it, which I'd like to see him try and do actually at home against some of the quote unquote lesser teams, it's probably fair to say. But again, it's maybe something for the us just now quickly. In terms of um, Robson's absolute insistence on three at the back, 
is that going to cause us problems the more we bench into the season when we see injuries stacking up, when we see potential suspensions stacking up? Is it a problem? Again, today it took to 75 minutes, I think, until we made a substitution, and there was people out on their arse in that after an hour. You can see that. Is that a problem? I think it's not necessarily what system you're wedded to. Being, being attached to just one, whatever it may be, I think it's a problem because you've got to be flexible as games progress, whether it's injuries or depending on who you're playing or who you've got available, maybe. So just deciding you're going to play one way for the whole of the season, I think might come back and bite him. It's even ignoring injuries and suspensions. I just don't think we can... I don't think we're good enough that we can just decide we're going to play our way every single game and that'll be enough. I think there's times where we're going to have to change up. I've not really seen that from him so far. And it also feels like that squad wasn't built with that system in mind. Or the fringe players, rather, weren't built with that system in mind. So that's going to cause me a bit of a problem in the next couple of weeks as well, I think. It's almost like we did it by magic, but we did it by Gab. You got to pull up a couple of things that come in on the Yeah, so, well, the good thing is no one is saying we can't hear shit. Well, so that's good. Cool. So we're, we're, doing, we're doing okay here. Uh, Jamie commented that Morris worked hard but was breathing out his arse by the end of it. I think at one point he pulled up a cramp. See, he had got through a power of running through the entire day. Um, if Robson could mould Vinny Bajouin into a similar wing-back, you'd see a significantly improved final ball, although defensively Vinny could be more of a liability. But, as Noblas points out, Vinny seems to be completely out of favour. I mean, what does anyone make of Vinny Bajelin's future? I mean, does he does he even have one at Aberdeen right now? Do you know what's my venture thought about Vinny Bajelin? Don't be shy, boys. Come on. Anyone, come and have a chat with Vinny Bajelin. The lack of responses from McTelling. Yeah. Has he got any, change, any chance at all, do you think, at the moment under, under Robson? He's a year older. He's a year more experienced, so he's got a bit more of an impact, unfortunately. Just in terms of as well, lack of changes today. Again, that's two weeks on the trot. We've only made one change. Esther Soper's been the only guy that's come off the bench now in the league. Is, is that a concern for people? I mean, it's not. This is not like some sort of like Graham's not got his bed sheet out with Robson out yet. Right, it's not happening. But is it a, is it a, a bit of a concern the fact that we don't appear to be trusting the players who are sitting on the bench at all, coming in and affecting the game in any way, shape, or form? Nodding heads. Nodding. I think well, it's, we were talking last week. If you can't trust the guy on your bench to come on for ten or fifteen minutes, what's the point? What's the point? And how do you how do you get to the point where you can't trust someone for a short duration? I mean, they're professional athletes, or their teammates surrounding them. You think of nothing else to be playing for their teammates. I mean, it's a short period of time, and you're asking them to do in that particular case. You think that's going to be one thing, which is stay wide or be available or track that guy. You have to overload them with instructions. And if you got to the point where you can't rely on them for that, it doesn't really reflect well on anyone, I don't think. Player and manager, if that relationship's broken down. I feel like we're still suffering from the imbalance in the squad that's come from Jim Goodwin coming in last season and overloading us, probably in the wide areas. And of course, Robson's come in, found this system that worked very, very well for us last season with the players we had. But now we're left still with these players like Shaden Morris and... Duncan and let, again, I thought Duncan and Morris did well, given that they've probably got very limited experience in those roles. But yet we're not. It's we're back to that kind of I don't know kind of kind of phase where we're just you know putting players what's the term square pegs in around holes, which we were told when we started this brave new world. We came up with this philosophy it was never going to happen. But yeah, here we are, and I think today we are crying out for a different option in the centre midfield. But we didn't. We don't really have one on the bench, and we don't really have anyone, you know, 
that could come on and play the same position as Morris or, or um, Duncan as well. So I just think, yeah, the squad, the balance isn't there. And as you kind of said, semi-flippantly in the past, but how did we get there when we have this, this strategy and this overbearing philosophy? Yeah, I think it's fair. I mean, again, the good question that's just come in there just now, I've noticed is that, you know, Povara was struggling as well, I thought, the last 15, 20 minutes today. You know, you know he's a guy who's not played a lot of games in terms of top like Scottish football, certainly. I mean, you've got Conor Barron sitting on the bench. Again, Conor Barron's our big, brave new hope a few years ago. I don't know if just that was how bad things were under Stephen Glass, so that's where we got to. But Conor Barron sitting on the bench again this afternoon, is it even looked at to come on the pitch? I mean, again, does, is there a view here that you know, Conor Barron's got very little of a future at the moment? It's not a great look if in that scenario where he's necessarily like for like for Pavara, but he's, he's pretty tenacious. He'll cover the ground, he'll put the tackles, he can play for a short period of time. Surely you could have, whether you have to change it slightly, or you just bring him in like for like, and to not even do that when it did feel like we were. I mean, arguably the game wasn't necessarily, or our game wasn't necessarily going to the midfield. We were talking earlier, maybe we would have liked it to a little bit more. We were quite quick to turn the ball over, basically, and get Duke got me obviously running, but still, they've got a lot of runners from midfield that you've tracked, so having the fresh legs would have helped us out. I think today I wasn't so bothered about the fact we, we bypassed the midfield as much today, because I think that today you've got, in a game like today, you've got the opportunity to win the ball defensively, you're looking to try and turn that back by yourself as quickly as possible. I think if you try and play through the midfield, you run the risk that you allow them to set up again and as we go. And we got a lot of joy in the first half because we did that. We got yeah, it did work quite well. Yeah. Down the size of Carter Vickers. And then sides of the other centre half, and that's where also we get the goal from. But yeah, it does feel something just that lack of plan B sometimes then to go, okay, we'll tell you what, we'll get our foot on the ball and we'll feel a little bit more, just try and build from there. And Connor Barnes, another one who just seems to be kind of going by the wayside a little bit, which is a little bit unfortunate, we're just where he was previously coming in. Let's talk about quickly the, the, the front two, Miofsky and Duke today. Um, Miofsky's obviously coming back from, from what looked like a really, really bad injury towards the back end of last season. For me, I'm actually quite surprised to see him playing as soon as it works. I thought that injury was going to look a lot worse. Um, Duke looked off of it a little bit, I thought, this today for the first kind of 20 minutes or so, and then kind of burst into life when we got the goal. Again, you've got to give these guys service, haven't you? You've got to give them, you've got to give them opportunities to try, and sh- to try and shine. Yeah, and the, the balls to Mayowski were a bit smarter this week and so much just sort of over the top. We're giving some of the work because actually did quite well as in he's able to take them down uh, whereas like last week it was pretty much shell up to him and that's not really his game. And he did he did work very hard. But yeah, uh, Duke I was a bit disappointed with for that first twenty minutes. You kinda you know he's there and you know he's capable of doing something. But I wasn't really seeing much mm-hmm. from him. Now admittedly most of the balls we track way over seem to be on the Austin side. And then obviously once he gets a good ball uh, from Duncan, then you know what you can do. And then after that he put in a real shift. But yeah, maybe it wasn't quite what we were expecting. From him, but he set the bar so high last season that almost any game where he's not scoring or doing something outrageous, you <laughs> come away thinking, ah, he wasn't very good, was he? Which is probably a bit, a bit harsh. Uh, they did put in a good shift though, um, in terms of attack and defence. So, it's how it goes the season. It's good to see me obviously back and actually playing well and for quite a long period as well. You know, he lasted quite long and it didn't really look like he was carrying anything. So it looks like it's all healed up. I thought, like you, that might have been that for quite some time, uh, which would have been good news. If they scored with a double overhead kick, it would have been the greatest goal I've ever seen in Scottish football. 
the double overhead kick was one of those things. That was, how many times today, by the way, did we get in each other's way? I had at least three. Yeah, and then you had like Shinny and Povara come through with each other just outside the edge of the box as well. It's just exactly what it was. Yeah, everyone's very keen to get the ball. Yeah, given that Miofsky did go down with a pretty serious injury and I think he made his return was it the Preston game that he came back so he's had pretty limited you know pre-season um, I thought he looked very sharp I think he held the ball up better than we've known Miofsky to do at times um, I thought his team making very intelligent runs but often just the final ball just wasn't quite there Joe Hart can always get there just ahead of him um, so I was very impressed with Boya Miofsky today uh, good finish for the, for the goal uh, Duke yeah probably a little bit more like the Duke that was at the end of last season where it seemed like he was kind of running on empty. But you still know he's there. He's know he's still capable of, of great things. But, yeah, not quite. Not quite at the races. Um, and that's kind of why I thought that... Because Miofsky was getting a little bit of joy out with the new Celtic centre-back on the left side. I did think that if you switch that around, that could just, you know... Let's see how that works out. But uh, not to be honestly. And then in the second half, I don't know. We just our attacking game just wasn't quite on point in the same way as it was in the first half. We just never really got well, especially Duke into the game. Yeah, and I think that's the problem with the way that we lose the goal in the opening or the sort of closing minutes of that first half as well. Is it just allowed Celtic to do what Celtic's doing in that situation where they take control possession wise and kind of passes to death a little bit. You've got a lot of guys doing a lot of hard work chasing people around, but not really getting onto the ball at all. Um, we, we we touched on him really really quickly earlier on, but let's let's quickly go back to 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 Nicky Devlin if we could, um, because it's yeah it's it's a horrendous mistake for the goal obviously, but I actually thought he kind of recovered from that quite well in fairness to him. That's the kind of error that somebody could make and just head goes for the for the next hour or so. Has an amazing clearance off the line in the second half. Um, Obviously, new in the door this season. Just general thoughts about about that position because we've spoken a lot about it. Crazy mistake. <laughs> but aside from that, no, I think he was. Think he had good. He had good clearance. He had some good interceptions. He's quite niggly as well, which I think he's a little play. bit of a bastard, isn't he? Yeah, it? but I think we kind of need that. So I think he'd be absolutely fine. Disappointing golden debut because he does sell that that goal that is down to him. But like you say, he didn't really, he didn't really shy away from wanting the ball or anything after that, or from making tackles. So I think he'll be absolutely fine, uh, and he probably did recover to the point where it obviously wasn't playing on his mind. Yeah, let's um, let's let's not spend too much time now looking back at the game that happened today because it, it's done now. We, we obviously start the season now two games, one draw, one defeat. So currently, as we stand at the moment, sitting in. 10th spot, which would be the place we will finish the weekend, so we can't finish any lower than that. Um, looking ahead, though, now for the rest of the month, it's a huge, huge month actually. This this, this month now coming up for the rest of August, we've got Sterling Albion on Friday in the League Cup. We will do a little episode on um, um, later in the week about the Sterling Albion game, and we've got a very special uh, guest joining us from my favourite game as well during the, the during the week, which will be the chairman Dave Cormack coming in to talk to us about his favourite Aberdeen game of all time. But then we follow that up with. Two huge games. We've got the Europa League playoff round against either it'll be Balcom and Heck or Zalgiris Vilnius. Does anyone want to come up here and have a wee chat to us about Europa League, Euro, Europa Conference League, where you'd rather be, what you think our chances are in the playoff round? Has anyone here booked flights to go to Lithuania or to Gothenburg? No, everyone's too cagey no, about everyone's it. Cautious. No one's just meant to be. Let's quickly talk about the drawings. We didn't really get a proper chance to talk about it during the week, but you and I had to jump on really, really quickly to talk about it on Monday. 
Um, the draw, Hecken or Vilnius, out of who we could have got in the Europa League playoff round, Gav, it's probably the second best option we could have had. Um, it feels like a real opportunity, and more so than we've had really at any other time in the last, what, 10 years that we've been playing in European competitions. Uh, but I think it is worth mentioning that, you know, Hecken did win the Swedish league last year. Yeah. They are not, they're not the team that we beat 5-1. And let's be honest, that was kind of an anomaly when you look at the way their RCs have played out. Um, they let us off the hook big time in Gothenburg as well when one of their midfielders got sent off when they were 2-0 up. So in the likely event, it's them. Which uh, is at the moment, is they're 3-1 up in the first leg, obviously. So and that, was, and that was away from home, so they're going back to Gothenburg now, uh, I believe. So I think it's going to be a massive test no matter what, and it's going to be very, very difficult. But it does feel like it does feel like a tie we could win. And that's kind of making that's what's kind of got me a little bit tense about the situation with our squad, and that feels a bit threadbare and not quite where it should be, because this is a massive opportunity, both also just for you know us ourselves as fans for the places we can go in the Persian and go see, but just from a financial perspective as well, this feels like this could be a real game changer. Well, there is an interesting part about that, but we'll talk about that in a minute. We, we spoke briefly on Monday about the opportunity for Hecken or Vilnius. Um, now you've had a bit more of a chance to kind of sit back and reflect on it. The draw's about as good as it could be. Um, fancying it, though, if we can get through against the Swedes, that we can make it into the playoff round. Let me just uh, break that up by saying that, as Jamie's pointed out, if Glass, Balk and Scud Hecken, then Barry's Horny, Balk and Rez will piss it. There we go. Absolutely. Do you agree, Graham? Well, I think that was my initial response. If we blast them to death, then <laughs> what the hell are we going to do under Robson? Uh, I, I don't think it's, in, it's, not, it's not easy. And yes, they did win the league. And yes, that maybe was a little bit of an anomaly. Well, on both sides, that tie. Um, remember the days when we thought we were going to cruise it all. But uh, I think you've yes. got a really good chance to beat them. I, I really do. <laughs> I think we're looking at this, considering what's on offer here and what the prize is, I know there's the safety net if you want of some sort of conference football but it's a really really good opportunity to get into the Europa League and ignoring the finances and just the prestige of competing in that tournament that's where I want to be so if we can't get to the tie okay you've got that fallback of you still getting good you've still got something to show in your efforts last season but I really 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 want to get to the tie Would you bring back Jay on a two week loan? Yes. Jay. Jay. Emmanuel Thomas. Well, you know. Bring back Jet just Glass for that for the two just, games. Just lined you up in the tunnel against Heck in his Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's an interesting bit there, right? There's a, you've, got, you've got the two options, obviously. Cause you can go Europa League and get in, and if you, if you get to the, the playoff round, I think it's about 700,000 euros is what you're better off being just for pure qualification in the Europa League. So you've got 700,000 euros up going in. But there's an argument to be made that if you go Conference League, you might make more in the long run because there's a better, in inverted commas, chance of winning games, drawing games, and therefore picking up prize money that route. If you had the choice, though, right now, just football fan head on, Europa League or Conference League? Just, okay. I'll do it in the room in a second, Gav, but right between the two of you. Uh, Europa League. Europa League, finish third, drop it in the Conference League, and then win it. <laughs> Excellent. In the room, do you want Europa League or Conference League? Do you, do you fancy chances in the Europa League? Just one you go for Europa, 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 Europa. Everyone's Europa League, which in itself is madness when you see the possible teams you can join. And when you look at the group, the Conference League groups, 
even to, that's. If you want to test yourself, you want to be playing against you know, the top teams, and you want average yeah. team associated with the best team you can be. So you want to be, you want to be in that, and I think we've got half a decent chance again. And what is proper serendipity for us? Because it's the very first guests we had on the very first episode of the show were Jonas and Christopher from the Balkuban Hecken Football Podcast. All things being equal, and I was really touch wood, but I don't know if we want Hecken to be honest, but never mind. They'll come back to join us again, talk about that when we get to, to that playoff round, all, all things being equal. But again, massive week, massive few weeks ahead. Because we've also got a trip to our next league game after today is obviously to St. Mirren. Um, St. Mirren, two for two in the league this season. We need to just, just count one of them because one of them was Hibs, obviously, so it doesn't count. Um, but this is it's not an easy run of fixtures we've had at the start of the season, is it? Let's, let's be honest. And with the European games in between there, it's just kind of got a feel just now about travelling to Paisley and to the Smyza again. I thought we were just going to leave that at travelling to Paisley. I just might leave there, yeah. They've got off to a good start, haven't they? They have got off to a good start and didn't really go particularly well for us. Minus Curtis Main, that's a very good point. There's no Curtis Main this time, so that's fine. We're at least a goal off. <laughs> Nor the defensive colossus that is Declan Gallagher. Declan Gallagher is hairband, that's fair enough. How did the United get on yesterday? Uh, they drew. Drew. Firm. But they were behind. Oh, it's a win then, so basically. It's great. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to break one of the old cliche mode. There are no easy games, etc. etc. Uh, I record their last. Season particularly is pretty woeful. Last few seasons, last uh, couple of years, last yeah. Years, yeah. Actually. So I think, yeah, the tough ones have been in good form, but at some point, if we're going to do anything this season, we need to be picking up three points at these grounds, otherwise, we're going to get going to find it really difficult to recover the league position. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone in the room want to come to have a wee chat about your aspirations for the rest of the season now after what you've seen first couple of days, first couple of games now? Compared to maybe how you felt towards the back end of last season, you know, where do you think we're at? What are your kind of hopes? What, are you, what do you think we should be aiming for this season? What would be a successful season for Aberdeen Football Club this year? Winning the lot. Winning the lot. Winning the lot. There we go. <laughs> it's a ballsy statement. I like so it. So anything other than quadruple is a failure, Robson should go. <laughs> We've got a very shy group this year today. So, Graham, now that we're kind of a couple of games in now, we've seen a little bit more of. Um, the team so far, although it's obviously not the yet squad. Your kind of aspirations for the season been adjusted, or are you still kind of in the same place as they were? No, I think we've kept the creative side of our team and getting Clarkson back. It wasn't maybe his finest game today, but over the course of the season, that's going to pay dividends. He's by far and away one of the better players in that league. So getting him, if we can get through the window with Duke Mayowski when everything seems to have gone a little bit quieter on the rumour front there you can keep them obviously Barry Duke Sokler looks like he'll be fine enough I feel like we've kept our creative side goals wasn't the problem last season even yeah. Goodwin uh, so you've kind of got you've still got the goals in your team we just need to address the defensive side I think not necessarily want shutouts every week but we just need to be a little bit less bomb scary and I think we'll be fine. So I think uh, third, uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna challenge the top two over the course of a, a campaign. But if you could get third next season, then we were chatting about it earlier. If you can start to build up that sort of, you could do it for a season or two. You could get into one of the competitions next season. You start to build up a little bit of a buffer between realistically Hearts and Hibs have got the same on comparable budgets. If you can start to be ahead of them, 
then maybe you can start to uh, improve your squad to the point where you can kind of wrap that up more often than not, and then just just a cup, any cup. Well, all things being equal, next season probably finishing third in the table will secure you the same again this year. You'll be into the so, league well, in that case, round. then it's critical that you finish third. Yeah. Um, although I think next season, I think if you get beat in the playoff round, you don't drop into the, the conference league. Although I think I'm not entirely sure I'm right about that, but I need to check. But um, Gav, your thoughts about where we're at now? A couple of se- a couple of games in now the season. Are you readjusting your your expectations, your thoughts? Um, no, not necessarily. I think still for me, it's all about definitely cementing third place for sure. Um, I appreciate that we're going to have this difficulty in the first half of the season of Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. By all accounts, though, um, Hibs and Hearts have given themselves a good chance of getting through their next uh, their next ties. So no, maybe, Hib- no, no, no. Hibs will Hibs it. Okay, like, it's fine. Hibs will Hibs, Hibs it or will Hearts Hibs it again. That's the thing. They'll both uh, Hibs it. So, fingers crossed. I mean, like, it's, it's jokes that it's a good for the Scottish game. I think if there's more teams playing in European competitions deeper into the season. So, hopefully that can kind of offset the advantage they have against us if they're also in the same predicament. Um, so, we'll see how that plays out. But, I mean, third place was there for Hearts to take last season. Yeah. Even though, you know, they did have that uh, fixture pile up against the likes of us who didn't. So, I do think for sure that it's realistic that we can say, let's finish third place. If anything, let's try and close the gap to second. And, you know what? It's been too long since we've taken silverware back to, to the northeast, so that's got to be a name as well. Yeah, I think with the way although this season sort of tweeted that it's not an ideal start, you think about the way last season went, how we did eventually finish third. I think that's probably why I'm a bit more quasi or not too worried because it's why your bed sheets are dry. It's why my bed sheets are dry, couldn't they? Yes. Yeah, excellent. Uh, because last season was crazy, and we still got there. If we're being picky. Scottish Cup or League Cup? Scottish Cup or League Cup? Scottish Cup. Scottish Cup. Scottish Cup. Everyone's Scottish Cup. Scottish Cup. Yeah. Unless we win the League Cup, which I guess is a, it's a massive trophy. It's huge. Yeah. Biggest in the country. Prestigious. Um, I, I'm still going to stick with what I said actually with the previews. I think we'll split the old from That's a good amount on this. Does and anyone else think that we will split the old from this season? <laughs> no. They're all no, so no more pessimistic. Finish. They'll finish first, and they'll finish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still going for it. I still think it's. I still think it's on. I'm not sure that. Um, I there was a there was a lot of um, anguish coming out of Ibrox yesterday, which was delightful to listen to, despite the fact they won four 0 um, especially about the performance of one of the lads they brought in out front. So I've got a funny feeling something something special is going to happen this season. I don't know why. I just do. Yeah, I don't know why either. If the farm staff can hear you, you just talk yourself out of getting served. FYI, Gary's had one neck oil, just one. Yeah. Um, I think that's the problem with this, doing this this early. Everyone's just too sober. Yeah, that might be it. That's it. That's it. Take lessons out of it for the future. Um, just because somebody mentioned it a minute ago, and I realised we hadn't spoken about him at all. Does Anthony Stewart have a future at Avenue Football Club? Based on the fact that two weeks in a row now, We've got an entirely makeshift background, and our makeshift back five has to become even more makeshift as a result of an injury to Johnny Hayes today. You've got a centre half sitting there on the bench earning decent money and doesn't get anywhere near looking on it. He's not got a hope of hell's chance of playing that game again, does he? I think that's a formality. I think the fact that Robson came on as manager and the first thing he did was send Tony Stewart out on loan is enough of an indication as to how he feels about Anthony Stewart. Um, 
And not to be overly pessimistic about one of our new signings, but was Ordadi on the bench today? Yeah, Ordadi was on the bench. So, have I got reason to be concerned that Or has come in as a new player and we're still persisting with Shade and Morris right wing back? When we could use Daria perhaps at the right side of the back three and put Nicky Devlin in the wing back. It seems um, a tiny bit concerning for me that one of our new players seems to be out of the picture and we're just, you know, shoehorning, you know, an attacking right winger into that position rather than someone you'd think would be more, you know, capable of adapting to that role a bit easier. I can see that point, but then to play devil's advocate, you can't play everyone, so you're going to be signing people that are going to be covering and won't play every week. Uh, but I, I can take your point. If Morris was deemed to be the answer, feels like there's maybe a more natural way. Well, to you need to ask the question is first, don't you? Okay. It's the problem there. I think, from what I understand, I think there were data pieces. I think he's, um, I think there's maybe a question mark about just how ready he is but, to be fit into the team. As has been pointed out, we don't have a reserve league anymore. The only way he's no. going to get fit is by playing games. So, at what point is it? At what point do you say, right, well, now we can put him in? Do you put him in against Sterling Albion? If I was a betting man, I think you see him on Friday night. Thursday night, Nelson Street Fives. <laughs> it's always a possibility. <laughs> We're always scrambling for numbers, to be fair, so you never know. Um, does anyone in the room think there is a, an Anthony Stewart redemption arc available this season at all, in any shape nor form? The semi-final last season, it was just that Stephen Carter was actually playing quite well until he got sent off. That was the moment that wasn't. If he hadn't been sent off, he would have won that game, and he could have been. For people listening, what hear it, there was a reference there to the League Cup semi-final. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that was the, the end as far as I was concerned. I'm not sure about his future future. But the way we play at the moment, it, it feels like a no-nonsense centre half and just kicking head anything and kicks stuff away. We wouldn't go amiss, but he's done, isn't he? He's toast, let's be honest. Well, I think, I think we've got that in, in Rubicic. Yes. Which we saw today. So, I think that is definitely what he is going to be very, very good at doing. Yeah. Um, and I don't think you need two of those, especially when you kind of need one of them to be a bit more mobile than the other. We're going to play the back three. Indeed. Um, really quickly then, before we wrap up, because obviously we signed a new left wing back on. Did it get announced on Friday? I can't even remember. That these sounds familiar. Yep. Got announced yep. on Friday, I thought it was on the car for a while. Jimmy McGarry coming in from Central Coast Mariners. Um, Apparently a really good lad in the sheds, which I liked. If anyone listens to the mini this week, um, I think there should be more Australian football parlance brought into Scottish football. As it turns out, I like the idea of the sheds. Based on what we heard from Pete Pryor, that's a fucking great name as well. Um, excited to see what Jimmy McGarry can bring to the table. I mean, you saw it today. We're trying out for a natural left-sided wing back. If we're going to play with three side two, it sounds like he is that kind of player. Interested to see what he does. You're excited to see Jimbo. Yes, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, it's, I guess total unknown. I no barometer of what sort of level he's been. Oh, we've got plenty of barometers about the level he's at. Versus, uh, Mark Birgitti. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, it's definitely covered. It's a position that he's filled. So we need to recruit for that position. Three-year deal. Hopefully we've seen something in him. Um, so hopefully the sooner he's over here and sort of up to speed, ready to play, I'm looking forward to see where you can break the table and that maybe gets rid of the Duncan and Hayes experiment. It's a position we needed to fill, for sure. I mean, I, I love Johnny Hayes to bits, but I don't want to see him play. Oh, got a Johnny Hayes. Oh, we might have a Johnny Hayes fan over here. I might have, I might have stirred something. 
I'm a Johnny Hayes fan again. We're but, all Johnny um, Hayes fans. Yes, but you're on about wing backs and you're on about uh, <laughs> square pegs and round goals and things like that. You've got young kids, you've got people saying that, oh, Duncan, oh, he's playing wing back, I didn't know he that. And then, what are coaches doing? These are young kids. Why are they not going to finish? Look at Johnny Hayes. He was a winger. Look what he does now. You can do this. Why don't we try and coach it into the mail? The money? I mean, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But you never know what the mentality of the players yeah. is. Whether they're, you know, like, is, there any, is there any like, no, nah, nah, I don't do that? Or is he incapable? Or, yeah, that's a fair point, actually. Because sometimes you see people progress through their career, you think, oh, I never saw them as that. And actually, end up there and, and they do a fine enough job. Near enough, every player we've spoken to starts as a striker. And then, <laughs> they, and, then, and then they drop back, unless yes. you're very good at being a striker. Uh, unless, yeah. unless you're Adam Rooney, where you start as a left winger. Yeah, I still can't see that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I saw, I saw it enough for Derek McGuinness, so it was not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, no. It's, it's a fair point. It's around, you know, how you, how, like, yeah, it comes out in attitude as well, doesn't it? Because maybe yeah. that is the case, but Vinny doesn't want to do it. So, you know, especially younger kids that have grown up with coaches, so they've got respect for them, so they've, they've got, they've been working with them already, so they're, they're going to listen to what they're saying. This is the way that, this is the way your future. Or this is how you're going to play for Aberdeen. Yeah, that's first. a good point, actually. You might come in and you're signed to play a position, but that position is unavailable for, for whatever reason. So, yeah, what do you do? Salt, or do you think, well, I can maybe try something else? Yeah, because I think he's, exactly. not, he's quick, he's good on the ball, usually gets you out of trouble. Uh, if you could just sort of coach maybe a bit more mm-hmm. discipline into him, then, yeah, that's maybe something like good to it. The reality is, if we're all in agreement that Robson's going to stick with 3 5 2. Vinny doesn't have a role in this team right now. So he's going to have to right. adapt to it. Out and out, cutting. Oh, I, I assume yeah, yeah. he's going to have to change. Or he's going to spend six months on the sidelines, or he's going to go back out and look. It's, it's as simple as that, really. Yeah, I tend to agree as far as I'm sharing. Well, yeah. before I rudely interrupted, was we were on Johnny Hayes. Sadly, can't go in forever. Uh, yeah, like so, I said, yeah, like, I love Johnny Hayes you know, yeah, to bits, yeah, yeah. but um, I think, I think um, we need um, more Johnny Hayes. He's a different option. I'd love to see Johnny as just you know playing in a more advanced role where he doesn't have to be up and down all all game. Um, but again, that's talking about shape, isn't it? So I just hope things gonna change. Yeah. This um, by all accounts, what Pete said, James McGally sounds like a very very good player. But I guess you're we're kind of waiting to see how him playing in the Australian league translates and him playing in the Scottish league, mm-hmm. isn't it? So because at the at the end of the day, Jason Cummings looked okay in Australia. And he's fucking murder. This is absolutely true indeed. Indeed, I'm just going to put a check. I've got a couple of messages in there to double check. Uh, two sub goalies today. Yeah, I don't know why that was. I can only really presume because they were terrified about the prospect of somebody from the Celtic team wiping Kelrus out. Um, I don't <laughs> know what that was. Out the Ultimately, we just need to get numbers on the bench to look like more than anything else. Um, Either that or Tom Rich is a fucking great right back. Maybe. You never know. Maybe. Maybe. You never know. What do you guys think about the. Uh, Joe Hart incident that he wiped out. Oh, wait, you guys right back. So if he broke his leg, he would have had no repercussions because he wasn't offside. Because it's offside, yeah. Um, I mean, Joe Hart didn't know he was offside. He's not a referee. A niche reference is fuck. I remember back in the day when Dundee had all the South American lads, Juan Sara put in the most ridiculous tackle, I think Ken McNaughton, and it was offside, so nothing happened. So I guess so. Yeah, I always find it interesting. It's interesting that it becomes a free hit after he realises, oh, it's offside, a few there. 
But, uh, but they, yeah, because the game's okay. still in place. Yeah. They they the guy puts because the flag up after this, flag. doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So you see the rules, is it? Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's all stopped it's back in the old days because he's offside and it all comes to. Yeah, stop. it is an interesting one that you basically get. Uh, it's certainly one of the challenges that I now find with the new offside rule around the fact yeah. that the lines will still flag immediately. Exactly. And so they'll let the game go, and there is yeah. always the possibility that because everyone thinks the game is still live, that a serious injury happens to somebody for someone who's in a daft tackle, yes. and then it gets pulled back. Yes, offside, and it's, the game is dead anyway. And it's, yeah, that's one of the massive biggest sure. one of the issues I've got with that at the moment. I mean, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it would have been interesting to see what happened if he had been mm-hmm. serious injury. And what would be more interesting is if the, the tables have been turned. Oh, and if software has gone through hard, totally if software has gone hard, it's going to end up being stretched off, for example. You know, I'd be very interested to see what happened in that instance there. Um, of an S of software being hounded out of Scottish football, presumably. But no, it's a, it's a fair point, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know. It probably feels like it's a good time to wrap up now, I think, to be honest with you. I don't think there's anything. Um, so after the AFC 69, uh, com- after the game, Robson said three or four new players to come in, as well as Megari. So we're definitely still on the lookout for more additions. If there was any question about that, I mean, I guess that opens up one question, I suppose, for anybody in the room. Is there anyone in the Scottish top flight at this moment in time and it appears that it's not really a league we're looking at? And a lot of details now with our new wide horizons on scouting, but is there anyone in the SPFL at the moment who you would like to see that Aberdeen if they were able to, able to be done? There's been a lot of calls for Bacchus and O'Hara from Sivara. Anyone take those two? Okay, Dan, yeah, Jan Danda. That was a sensational moment as well by Willie Collum, who went back to the bar and said that nothing happens there anyway. It's great. No, well, well, anyone back in Sohara, anyone else from the top five in Scotland or elsewhere? Maeda. 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 Okay, yeah, right. fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. There was a couple of moments today where I thought it was the first half where Rubzic gave him a bit of had about 10 yard head start on Maeda. And then about two seconds, they've been swallowed up. It was just like you just saw Rubes jogging back to the same position. It's not going to happen. It's a weird one. There's, there's not really anyone that I would look at and say realistically that I'd want as such. I think the pro- I, I like Bacchus, to be fair. I do like him. Um, O'Hara, because I don't see where O'Hara would fit into the team as it is at the moment. Um, Bacchus maybe would give you a little bit more of the energy that um, Ramadani leaving has, has left. But by all accounts, part of the reason it looks as though we were happy enough to sell Ramadani as well is because... Do you want to talk about Ramadani for a little bit? Can I talk about it? No, let's not do that. I'll get all emotional. I've had a couple of beers. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be upset about that. We've got a violin playing in the background there. Um, where was that about Ramadani? Part of the reason apparently we were, we were happy to let Ramadani go was because Robson, I think through pre-season, has identified that Povara might be ahead of him in the pecking order. Anyway, which I feel did we talk enough about Povara this afternoon? I don't even really mention him much at all. I don't know. He did, did, did well in the first half, but then faded out of the game. At least the first half, and then yeah, it's over that last maybe half hour or so. Hmm. I didn't really think he was in the game that much, and that might just be getting up to speed and then fitness. It wasn't like most occasions I've seen Povara up till date, up till now, where didn't quite see it. I thought this was quite a level too too far for him to go. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm still not I'm still not 100 percent behind the idea that he's the long term solution for that role. And I definitely think we need another option in, in centre midfield. 
I think there's a yeah, there's something to work with, but kind of like Gav, I'm not I'm not certain if that is the answer for the rest of the season. That that's really gonna work in our favour. Yeah. yeah. The interesting one this week has been obviously because O'Hara was injured yesterday for some minute and apparently had a pulled up in training on Friday according to Robinson Robinson, which might be Robinson Robinson, Robinson, Robinson that's Robinson, yeah. yeah. Um I don't know, there's part of me felt that felt like a manager covering for a potential reason that their player might be out, but who knows, we'll wait and see. Um, backs are like, other than that, I'm not entirely sure, but I don't want to talk about Ramadani too much because you already made the full pack album for losing how many episodes I had you talk about the Ramadani departure in it, so I just felt you wanted me to cover it again. Yeah. And maybe. Um, I think that'll do us for this time. Unless anyone else, anyone else wants to any, any, any final thoughts? Chat, any final yeah. thoughts on this afternoon at all? No, all good, all good. Nobody online either wants to do that, so that's all good. So we'll wrap up just now. Yep. Um, thank you to everybody who's here in Siberia at the Bar Hotel. Really appreciate everyone turning up to, to come and listen to this nonsense in a live setting. Trust me, normally it's a lot more fun because we can edit shit and we don't have to worry about what we say. Um, but this is live and we need to worry about it sometimes. Join us next show, episode 120, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm right. Yep, this um, is one nine, yep. yeah, we'll bring you our preview of the match on Friday night against Stanley Albion in the Viaplay Coca-Cola League Cup, whatever the fuck it's called these days. CIS. CIS insurance, that's a lovely, lovely good stuff, thank you. Um, and we will also bring you a segment, my favourite game with the chairman, Dave Cormack, as he talks to his favourite game. It's Aberdeen 5, Hibs Nil from 1980. Catch you on the other side. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Thanks for This episode of the ABZ Football Podcast was brought to you in association with Siberia Bar and Hotel on Belmont Street, Aberdeen. Head into the bar, quote the phrase ABZ Pod, that's ABZ Pod, for a £3 pint of Foster's, £4 pint of Moretti, or £5 pint of Fierce any day of the week, including match days. Siberia is open seven days a week, all year round, and the bar is located only 30 seconds walk from the nearest bus stop taking supporters to Stadium for free on match days. Come on, you Reds!